0: We look at the Old Testament prophecies concerning Jesus's first coming alone. There were sixty direct prophecies and two hundred and seventy indirect prophecies involved, three hundred and thirty altogether, and all were fulfilled. Written either hundreds or thousands of years before, and yet every one fulfilled.
1: Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's word.
0: get of pain of All you do is let go. I was searching around in Israel a few years ago and throwing rocks in a cave. and I heard a pottery break, and I found this scroll. You believe this, right? Well, in the scroll, we have the Christmas story. It's from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city, Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. She brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in that same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And so it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child and All those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Father, we thank you so much for your word that is given to us, that you put in the heart of Luke, that he would pin these sacred words for us that we would know this portion of the gospel story and the birth of our Savior Jesus and and the interaction of the angels with humanity through the shepherds. Father, bless us now as we look into your word this morning. We ask in the name of Jesus, amen. So we find that with the birth of Christ, there is this hail Caesar, uh, an announcement that Caesar had made that all the world should be taxed and registered in their own cities, We find that in the birth of Jesus Christ that a lot of things had to take place in order for Christ would be born in the right city. According to prophecy, Christ was to be born in Bethlehem and there in Judea. And we find that this prophecy came some 400 years earlier, but Joseph and Mary were from Nazareth, about 80 to 100 miles away, depending on how the journey would go and yet it was necessary for christ to be birthed in bethlehem so god he moved the heart of this world leader that he would cause this taxation can you imagine the attitudes how many uh, adults here like paying their taxes every year do you try to pay the minimal amount as possible whatever deduction you could possibly get now what if you had to say for our family uh, we can trace well here in the united states i can trace the pinnell side of our family back to jamestown Now, what if it was necessary for me to pay my taxes i had to go over to jamestown over on the east coast which i've never been to pay those taxes or if we just take it to my immediate family down to southern illinois to travel by car to go pay taxes we would grumble we would complain and i'm sure that was the attitude of most of Judea at that time as they were all zigzagging across the land to get to their home cities to be registered to pay this tax. And yet God moved the heart of Caesar who was known as the leader of the world at that time that this tax would take place. And Luke is very detailed. He tells us of Caesar Augustus and of Quirinius. And he tells us, such detail that we can help to pinpoint the birth and the date of our Savior Jesus. But this census caused the moving of a nation to come and to be taxed, and it also caused a very pregnant Mary to be brought by her husband Joseph. Now, we know the other side of the story, and we've been studying it all month, that although Mary was pregnant, the child was not Joseph's, but was of the Holy Spirit, for Mary was still a virgin. And that's why Luke tells us that she is the betrothed wife of Joseph. They had not come into that full marriage as of yet, although Joseph did take her to be his wife. There was still the birth of the child that was to come first. And so they went to the city, they went to be registered according to the law but what they did not know is that god was playing into the story solomon wrote in proverbs 21 1 that the king's heart is in the hand of the lord like a river of water he turns it wherever he wishes and so god looking at the situation realizing that mary and joseph they were in the wrong city he says, you know what, Caesar, you need to do something for me. Now, Caesar didn't even know he was doing anything for God. He thought that he was showing his power, his authority to cause this worldwide taxation. But in reality, God was behind the scenes uh, causing a very pregnant gal to go on a journey. I I don't know, ladies, the willingness of any woman who is great with child to go on an 80 to 100 mile journey. And, you know, it's nothing in an automobile. They didn't have an automobile. They may have walked. May have been a donkey involved. Maybe she had the ride. But can you imagine being on a donkey or horseback? Up and down, up and down. I'm sure the journey wasn't that easy to be great with child. Yet Caesar commanded the world and the world responded, but in reality, it was God who commanded Caesar and moved his heart. And he was to be of the house and the lineage of David, Jesus. Not only was to be born of a virgin, according to Isaiah 14, he was also to be born in Bethlehem, according to Micah 5.2. He was of the tribe of Judah, according to Genesis 49.10 and of the house and the lineage of David, according to 2 Samuel 7, verses 11 through 16. We have four prophecies right there that he's to be born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem, born of the tribe of Judah, born in the house and lineage of David. Four prophecies of fulfillment that was necessary just to be fulfilled in one man. And we look at the Old Testament prophecies concerning Jesus's first coming alone there were 60 direct prophecies and 270 indirect prophecies involved uh, 330 altogether concerning Jesus' first coming and all were fulfilled written either hundreds or thousands of years before and yet every one fulfilled it's significant that our faith and that's one of the things I've been thinking about this week, that our faith isn't merely built upon the imagination of man. And it's God who moved the holy men of God that they would pin the scripture for us, leaving us a record, a testimony, a testimony that is not divided simply from the Old and the New Testament, but the Old Testament seen in the New Testament through the fulfillment of Jesus Christ. And When they made it to Bethlehem, we realized that there was no room. And there's so many people. Can you imagine coming to an overcrowded city? It was convention time and it's hard to get rooms. And sometimes you don't want to pay the price of the rooms that are available because they know when something's big going on. Can you imagine that? Prices tend to go up, but they got to Bethlehem. There was no room, there was a cave available, a place where they sheltered animals. And this was the place where Jesus was born. Jesus came from the heights of heaven's glory, not as a man, but as a babe. Jesus, the great high priest of God, he was not clothed in priestly garments, but he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Jesus, the king of glory, was not born in a king's palace, but he was laid in a manger. He came lowly. Jesus, the creator of the world, not welcomed by the throngs of humanity. But he was birthed in seclusion, finding no room for them in the end. But there in the field in verses 8 through 12, we find this great angelic announcement. Some shepherds were all keeping watch over their flock by night. And shepherds in Israel, even to this day when we were there visiting Israel and we went to Bethlehem, I don't know if they staged this or not, but it was perfect. We went over to Bethlehem and there was this open field. We didn't go into the city. The time that we went there, things were not too safe. So we couldn't go everywhere that perhaps they had planned. But they took us to this field that we could overlook and see the city of Bethlehem. And there in the field were some shepherd boys with their sheep. I think they plan it greatly because they like tourists and they like the money. In fact, um, we go to Israel. We had to do the exchange from U.S. dollars to shekels. They didn't want the shekels. They wanted the U.S. dollars. They they knew the value of the coin, and would even get mad at you if you would offer them a shekel instead. But there was shepherd boys watching the flock there, even to this day. And so we don't know the age of the shepherds. Often it was left to the duty of the young. Remember David? He was a shepherd growing up. And even when his brothers went off to war, David was still watching his father's flocks. And so often it was left to the duty of the young to be watching the sheep by night. There there were in the field when an angel appeared to them and gave this great announcement to them, saying, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring to you tidings of great joy that will be to all people for there is born to you this day in the city of david who is christ the lord and this will be a sign to you that you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger now it wasn't unusual for a babe to be wrapped in swaddling clothes i more so lately we've seen that wrapping a baby snugly wrapping them tightly you know it gives them comfort as in the mother's womb and so this was customary. But to find him lying in a manger, this was the feed trough for the animals. And this was made the crib of our Savior. And so seeing the angel and the Lord's Shekinah glory, the shepherds were greatly afraid and, and the angels did what they always do when they bring God's word to God's people. It seems first they need to calm the fears of the people. Don't be afraid. I'm here to give you good tidings of great joy. And then he gave these titles of our Lord, that he is first savior, which in the Greek is zoter. It means one who saves or one who delivers. And then he is Christ. It's Christos in the Greek. It is the anointed one, or in Hebrew it would be referred to as the Messiah. And he is Lord. It's curious there in the Greek, but it means to... One who has authority over. He is Lord, Master, or Owner. And so they're born in Bethlehem. He is Savior. He is Christ. He is Lord. Then this one angel turned into a heavenly host of angels as they began to sing. A multitude of heavenly hosts, verse 13 tells us, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Glory to God, referring to God the Father who's giving this precious gift to those who are on earth to bring peace, but not the world peace that I think all the world hopes for. It's an inner peace that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Through Christ, one day this world will be in peace, but right now this world is not in peace but even in the midst of the turmoil of this world, we can find peace through faith in Jesus Christ. And so there's a greater peace. As it says in Ephesians 2, 14-17, For He Himself is our peace, who has made both one, who has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in His flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create to himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. He came and he preached peace to you who are far off and to those who are near. Christ came to bring peace. He came to preach peace and to give peace. He also said the angels, goodwill toward men, and it's the will of God. And The Bible tells us in Second Peter 3, 9, that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And he extended his goodwill toward all mankind when he gave the gift of his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish and have everlasting life the shepherds receiving the great testimony from the angels, when the angels departed from them, they went down to Bethlehem to see this thing that has come to pass. And when they went there, they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And after seeing this, they didn't hang around for a couple of years waiting for the wise men to come, as we have in our nativities. They went and they made widely known the saying, concerning the child, the things that had been told to them, they passed it on, they shared it with others, and the others who heard it, well, they marveled at the things that the shepherds had told them. Now, one of the Calvary Chapel pastors, he often teaches at conferences, Gail Irwin, he said the reason they marveled at the things told them by the shepherds is because the character of the shepherds back then was often when the shepherds came to town things went missing they didn't have the greatest reputation and now they're declaring that christ our savior had been born so the people marveled at their report but the word tells us that mary kept these things and she pondered them in her heart mary had so much to ponder because she'd been told about the angelic announcement by zacharias Uh, by the angel to Zacharias when he was there ministering in the temple of their giving birth to a son, that is Zacharias and Elizabeth. And she was with Elizabeth when she went to visit. And Elizabeth being at that time five months pregnant and her baby leaping for joy in her womb when she heard the voice of Mary. Mary had her own angelic announcement that was given to her by Gabriel who came. To Zacharias also came to Mary and told her that she would be with child. And she now has given birth to that child. She also had the announcement that came to Joseph by dream. At this point, there had been one dream that told Joseph that he should take Mary to be his bride. But before this story is completely over, four times Joseph would receive a word from God through his dreams. The angels would speak to him. And now the shepherds had come. Soon wise men would come. All these things converging together. And she took them and she pondered them in her heart. Gabriel had told her nine months earlier in Luke 1, 32 and 33, He will be great and He will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give Him a throne over His father David. And He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of His kingdom There will be no end. She took these things. She pondered them in her heart. We think about the Christmas story. We find the angels were busy making known the coming of our Savior. They were busy. And what is more amazing as we learn in Scripture that God had been silent for 400 years and suddenly He's speaking again to His people. He makes this announcement. Gabriel first coming to a son and daughter of Aaron. Zacharias and Elizabeth, to tell them of the birth of their son, John, who would be the forerunner of the Messiah. Gabriel next came to a daughter of Judah, the Virgin Mary, to tell her that she would be with child. Then an angel came to a son of Judah, Joseph. By dream, he told him to take Mary to be his wife. And finally, a heavenly host of angels came to some shepherds who were out in the field keeping watch, doing what shepherds do. And they heard of the good shepherd being born there in Bethlehem. And the thing about each of these announcements by the angels, the people had to follow through. They had to engage. The angel could have announced and said, this is going to happen in the individual, Zacharias or Mary or Joseph or the shepherds could have said, oh, I don't believe it, not doing it not following through. But each one was faithful to God's call upon their life. And I think like Zacharias and Elizabeth, like Mary and Joseph, like the lowly shepherds, we have the privilege also to participate in the story of Jesus. But in order to do so, we must also obey God's word to us. This Christmas morning, just a reminder to us that God has given a great gift maybe you have received that gift christ your savior and today you celebrate the coming of jesus knowing that he has come that he has not only been born as a baby but as a man he died there upon the cross he's resurrected back to life he today is at the right hand of the father and he is coming again but until he comes again there's opportunity for all to be saved and maybe you have received maybe you have opened that precious gift and you are saved today Today you celebrate with thanksgiving the great birth of Jesus. Maybe you've never received, maybe you've never heard the story or your heart's never been pricked, but just as Zacharias and Elizabeth or Mary and Joseph or the shepherds, they all were given a word from the Lord. They all were responsible to either follow, to obey or to not obey. They all chose to obey. We have that same choice today. We either hear the word of God and obey and come to life-saving faith through Christ Jesus by the confession of our sins, or we choose not to obey and we continue on in our sins. The gift is available. It's there under a different type of tree. And the tree that this gift came from bore our Savior and we call it a cross where he died for the sins of our world. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for what it teaches us, and we thank you, Lord, this wonderful Christmas morning that we've been able to gather together to worship with our brothers and sisters, that Christ our Savior has been born. May we close out singing praise to your name, and I pray, Lord, that if anyone desires to receive you, and have never prayed to receive you as Savior, or desires, Lord, to just Renew their commitment to you this day. Maybe they've already opened gifts and presents. Maybe there's others to be opened throughout the day. But Lord, that we would each consider the greatest gift ever given and how we respond to that gift. Will we receive it wholeheartedly that we might participate in the Christmas story? We pray in the name of Jesus, amen.
1: Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.